Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're going to, I've got to tell you, we've got a great show coming up for all of you today because many of you have been with me for about 15 years now. And you've seen in the progress of things, you know, how the show has changed. But more importantly, you've also seen some nuances. First of all, the name of the show changed. It changed from crust busting your way to an awesome life to the Dr. Pat show because all of you renamed it. Uh, for many, many years, I never talked about who I was, what I studied, where I studied it from, because I wasn't really sure of all of that. I knew one thing, and the thing I knew was that I was being called to do something that I'd never done before, walk away from 12 years of study and start to go in a direction of awareness that I wasn't even aware of. And off I went, here we went with the show. And you might say that my life to the public seemed upside down. And yet at the same time, I was leading with something that was so invisible to my friends and my colleagues didn't make sense on paper, wasn't logical. You know, my brain and what my brain wanted me to do in life was not making sense to the rest of the world. And my guest today, I believe, may have had a similar experience. Mark Gover joining me here today, the book he wrote, An, Upside, an End to Upside Down Thinking, was probably something that I could have used about 15 years ago when I decided to do something that had nothing to do with the logic of what the world was telling me to do, but somehow drawn to, intuitively to, start something in the world called Positive Talk Radio that seemed bizarro. But I got to tell you, for Mark today, we're going to hear a few things that may seem bizarro to everybody out there because his worldview was turned upside down when he was exposed to world-changing science. My worldview was turned upside down when everything in my life that I thought I was supposed to do logically, linearly, thinking it out, planning it out, just didn't feel right to do. Mark, it's great to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. So I think you and I are kind of getting to a, a point in time in our lives. I, I have to say I have a few years on you. But having said that, the journey gets us to a place that ultimately we're supposed to get to that may not make any sense to anybody else in your life. Here's a question for you. Here we are. We're going to be talking about your fabulous book, An End to Upside Down Thinking. And I got to ask you this question. I looked at your bio. I looked at your success. I looked at some of the things you've done. And the question is this. What challenges, what obstacles, Mark, did you have to overcome, right, to bring you to this very moment? Mm. I would say many, <laughs> many, many challenges and obstacles like many others. Um, but for me, the, when, I, when I think back to the, the core of any challenges I had, they were always existential issues. It was, does life mean anything? And the conclusion that I used to come to when I would use my logical mind was that life had no meaning. Because now I can think in hindsight as to why I believe that. It was because of beliefs about consciousness that I couldn't have even articulated. 
And when I say consciousness, I mean the, the subjective inner experience, the awareness that anyone listening to this conversation has right now. We all have a consciousness. And I would have told you that that consciousness is solely a product of just stuff happening in my brain. Complex chemicals caused my consciousness to pop out of my head. And if you buy into that logic and take it all the way to the end, then when the, the brain stops functioning, when the body dies, then the consciousness must stop. And therefore, it was very difficult, if not impossible, to come up with any meaning in life. And I just thought, there is no meaning, and I'm going through the motions, and no matter what happens, I'll try to bring meaning to it, but ultimately, I'm just rationalizing. And I think that was probably the core challenge to whatever else manifested. Anything else was just a symptom of that core challenge. Yeah, I love that we're talking about this because the rationalization for me in waking up one day, dialing a wrong phone number, that's how, that's why you and I are here. Because 15 years ago, like I dialed a wrong phone number and I'm from New York and I dialed the wrong phone number 15 years ago, but I didn't hang up. And within 10 minutes, not my logical linear mind brain, not that, 10 minutes, I pulled out a credit card and I paid something like $12,000 for 13 internet only shows in 2002. Now tell me, how logical is that? So what would you say moves a person like me, a person like you forward, if it's not our logic linear self? That's what the book is about. That's what today is about. But this is also a call to action for people. Yeah, it is. It really gets to, to core questions about where does, like, where does creativity come from? If we have an idea or a spark of something, we can't necessarily draw out the steps that led us to think that thing, but it just appeared and it might draw, we might be drawn to it. So it, again, it comes back to questions about consciousness and the brain and identity. Is our consciousness something that is a product of our own biology or is our brain almost receiving consciousness? Or is consciousness, another analogy is to say that our brain's like filtering it, where consciousness exists well beyond our body, and we're only allowed to see a sliver of it through our brain. So if that's true, then our body is more like a vehicle for consciousness. It's a reversal of the conventional thinking of identity, that we are, it seems to me, a consciousness first and foremost that is experiencing the body rather than a body that has a consciousness. And when we start from that assumption about identity, I think everything else flows. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I've always been struck by is the conversation of imagination and creativity. And I want to touch upon that for a minute, you know, because there's so much that you cover in the book. But there's one thing that I, I really want to focus on for a moment, if we could. Um, and that is all of the different aspects, quotes from some of yeah, Einstein, you know, talking about imagination, right? Talking about true signs of intelligence is not knowledge, but imagination. And imagination is that thing, right? That it's hard for any scientist, if you will, to put some kind of magic quotient or formula on paper to predict, right? Mm -hmm. It's the thing that created the movie Avatar. Uh, it's the thing that allows us to step forward in ways that perhaps many of us don't even think is possible. Where is or what is from your perspective the relationship between imagination and consciousness? Well, I agree with your perspective that it's not well explained by conventional thinking in science. In fact, it's even broader than that subjectivity alone the notion that we have feelings that we can't really we can't touch any of these things we can't even touch imagination or creativity and yet we know they exist science has a very hard time explaining these non-physical subjective things so the way i think about creativity and imagination now is is if again if we view consciousness as being not a product of the brain but if we use an analogy and say consciousness is like the sun and our brain and our thoughts and our emotions are actually like clouds that block rays of the sun. Certain things, whether it's meditation or just thinking a certain way or maybe going into uh, certain altered states of consciousness are akin to removing certain clouds. And it's like a ray of consciousness just comes in and we get an idea and we have an, an imaginative thought or a creative thought that we can't explain. And this can happen in the arts or even in the sciences where people get ideas that we can't logically, uh, we can't 
explain the origin of those thoughts. To me, it's kind of like a reception of a form of consciousness. One of the things that I want to ask you when we come back from break is, how do we get from where we are, and I'm hoping you're going to take us on a journey about where are we, to where we could be to put an end to upside down thinking? Because I know I've read the book. I know there are, are things and steps and understandings to get there. But is it even more simple than that for those of us that said one day, I just cannot explain how I got here to my friends in a way that would make sense? Let's take a short break. When we come back, much more with my very special guest today, Mark Gover, joining me here today. The book, An End to Upside Down Thinking. We've got lots to share with you. And by the way, if you have comments or questions, please give us a call, 1-800-930-2819, or type in something on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash Transformation Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie Show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Tap into the wisdom of animals, angels, and masters with Darcy Pariso on Animal Soul Wisdom Radio. Tune in monthly as Darcy brings insights on how to better understand and deepen our relationships with animals. Working with light and pureness of ancient techniques, Darcy, healer, animal communicator, and medium is here to guide you through this process and provide inspiration to move forward. For more information about working with Darcy, visit DarcyPariso.com. Are you ready to shift gears from spiritual seeker to spiritual rock star? Let Nova Whiteman be your aligning force that will help you navigate the ups and downs of this human experience. Tune in to Spiritual Alignment Radio with Nova Whiteman every second Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more, visit NovaWhiteman.com. That's N-O-V-A-W-I-G-H-T-M-A-N.com. People often ask, what does it mean to thrive? On Thrive by Gen Radio, it means body confidence, mind fulfillment, and soul synchronicity. Create synchronicity with God and learn as Jen shares action steps and real stories that will inspire you to be unstoppable in fulfilling your purpose. Tune in live each Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit JenniferZellup.com to thrive with Jen. Dream on, fly high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on, fly high, and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work, visit flyhighliving.com. Have you been searching for a push to step out and share your gifts with the world? Allow Charlene Hess to empower you to start shedding the layers of your ego that are holding you back and begin feeling connected to your heart so that you can shine your unique divine light and share your gifts with the world. Tune in to The Charlene Hess Show, Living on Your Heart's Edge, every third Friday at noon Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information, visit CharleneHess.com. Whoa, everybody, I'm telling you, this is a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous show for all of you out there. I want to say this. Think about this. An end to upside down thinking. An end to upside down thinking. What does that mean? An end to upside down thinking. And when we think about that and we put in our consciousness, upside down thinking, wait, an end uh, to upside down thinking, then what does that mean? So first of all, it has to mean that something is out of alignment with maybe who you think you are supposed to be in the world, 
what you're sensing you should become in the world and what shows up in the conflict of your life. And so what I mean by that and talking about it is to say to so many people that there is a sense or something inside of each of us that we have tried to explain to our friends and our families almost to the point of surrender. And, and when we get to that point, that's where I think the magic begins. But for me, and talking to Mark today and this brilliant book that he put together, and it really is brilliant, and I know we're not going to get to all of it today. You know, this is for me a validation or verification or affirmation of how I made some of the decisions, how you all make decisions that the world doesn't understand. Mark, before we get into it, uh, how can people find out more about you? How can they get a copy of the book? And then I, I, I want to hear your story and journey that happened for you where you had your own upside down awakening. Mm -hmm. Well, my website is a, is a place to start. It's my name, markgober.com, M-A-R-K-G-O-B-E-R.com, which has more information on my book and end to upside down thinking. And that's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and many bookstores. So that's where you can find more about me in the book. But in terms of my own personal story, my background professionally is in business, and I'm still in the business world. I'm currently a partner at a firm called Sherpa Technology Group in Silicon Valley. We advise tech companies on their business strategy and on their patents and intellectual property. And prior to that, I worked in New York in investment banking with a large global investment bank called UBS, and I was there during the financial crisis. And prior to that, I had a very traditional education at Princeton, and I was captain of the tennis team. A big part of my early life was competitive tennis. So my background on the surface has nothing to do with consciousness, if you just look at what I do. Um, so it, it was a big shift for me, and I think you were alluding to that. It, for me, started most explicitly in August of 2016 when I heard a podcast. I was listening to a show called Extreme Health Radio, listening to just talks about health and a woman came on the show who talked about psychic abilities and she mentioned her own journey where she used to see things as a child she would see spirits and then she shut it out of her life her life kind of fell apart she became very sick and started to have personal issues and then allowed this talent back into her life and her name's Laura Powers she now works with non-physical entities she communicates with the deceased she works with energies and when I was hearing this, I had never heard anything like it. I'd never heard a person actually say they had these experiences beyond science fiction. So I, I remember being interested in that conversation. And at the very end of the interview, Laura mentioned her own podcast called Healing Powers, which I then listened to for several weeks straight, listening to her interview other people that had similar experiences. And it was really in that month or so period where I said, something is up. I didn't know what it was, but I became curious enough to then do the research that led me uh, to eventually write the book. What would you say about this? I, I want to talk about this for a minute. I accidentally dialed the wrong phone number. You listen to a podcast. What do you think is operating there? I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because the podcast I heard in August of 2016 was a recording from January of 2016. So it just happened to be the next one in the queue. I wasn't seeking that one out even. How does that happen? I, I can't explain it with logic because if that event had not happened, I would be, be on a very different trajectory, just like you would be if you hadn't dialed that number. Well, this is where we are today. And as a result of this, you, you went on a journey, right? Uh, going against the odds, perhaps taking a look at the world and looking at there's gotta be another way to look at this. There's gotta be another way to look at an explanation of belief and faith and what that means. See, for me, there's a word that I love, and perhaps we can talk about it because I think you allude to it in your book. And the word is conviction. And I want to talk with you about that for a minute. So conviction has become something very important to me because I became familiar with doubt for the first time really in my life. You know, I never really had an experience with doubt people would take me to the racetrack because somehow I could magically pick winning horses, right? Mm. And then I got bored with that. That was too much pressure. But here we are, and we're talking about 
how we view our life and make the decisions we make. Let's talk about our ability, if we could, and what you discovered, Mark, about precognition and our ability to tap into something that is yet to occur. Mm -hmm. What's your journey with this? Because you do a beautiful job in the book on taking us through this. Thank you. I think in terms of precognition, which is the notion that we can know the future before the future is known by anyone consciously, I think for me, that was something I subtly experienced a lot, especially once I started on this journey. I probably experienced it prior to 2016, but wasn't picking up on it. And once I, I started this research, it seemed that my intuition increased, where I, would, I, I kind of had a better sense of for things that I had a, a more conviction about directions in which I should go, including deciding to write the book. There wasn't, once I started actually writing it, there wasn't any doubt about whether or not I should publish it. There was just, it was complete conviction and I couldn't have predicted any of the things that have happened subsequently. In the book, I talk about the science that backs this up. So conceptually, the notion of precognition would not be accepted by mainstream science because our, our views on consciousness is that again, consciousness comes from the brain and is stuck in the present moment. But if we reverse the upside down thinking and say, no, consciousness is actually the fundamental aspect of all of reality and is beyond all space and time, then at least conceptually, it would be possible that consciousness could almost reach forward in time because it's beyond time. And that's what we see in some of the emerging studies where people's bodies are being measured. So their physiology, like measuring their skin responses or their pupils or their brain or their heart. All of those things are being measured before a computer shows a picture. No one knows what kind of picture will be shown because it's randomly generated by the computer. And yet what the experimenters find when they measure the person's body is that their body is, is responding a few seconds before a picture is even shown. And again, no one knows what kind of picture will be shown, whether it will be a peaceful landscape, one that we know would not arouse the body, or like a violent image, something that we know from general psychology does arouse the body. When that arousing picture is shown a few seconds before it happens, the body responds in that direction. Wow. Uh, you know, when, when, as you and I are talking about this, and really for our listeners, you know, we're talking about something that you reference uh, as upside down thinking. And I want to take a moment to talk about that. Because I don't know how, how many times in your life uh, you've been told, Mark, you're like coming from another world. I mean, I actually had a performance review as an executive in a Fortune 50 company, like, like an executive, it, written in the performance review, outstanding review and, and little comments. We think Pat's from another planet, <laughs> right? We think Pat's from another planet. Now I look at that and, and I say, wow, that's kind of cool, right? I mean, I, maybe I am from another planet. But see, the thinking is that because we are outside of the box or we're creative or we can kind of step forward in a way that seems to have a sense of being on the pulse of what needs to come, we're viewed as being like something from the X-Files, right? Mm -hmm. But generally, we may be looking at a scenario where a few top key people may have gotten it wrong. And let's talk about that because, you know, in our society, sometimes we like to look at right or wrong because we have a really hard time looking at options or alternatives. I mean, the fact that you can even say alternative, it, it just creeps people out. But upside down thinking is important for us to explore because by the very nature of somebody saying, this is the way, this is right thinking, by that very comment cuts out all other alternatives, doesn't it? It does. And it's something we've seen throughout history where people used to think things worked a certain way. And if you challenged it at the time, you were considered to be crazy or a heretic. And then later that same thing was proven to be real. So uh, one that I love is germ theory. The idea that little microscopic bacteria and viruses can make you sick. That was a very difficult idea for people to accept until the advent of the microscope, the electron microscope, which allowed us to see these little critters that we, we discovered that yes, it's true that the germs can be a threat to the body. I think we have a very similar dynamic at the moment with regard to consciousness and phenomena around it. 
And there's a term that some use known as paranormal, which assumes that we know what normal is. So there are certain phenomena that fit outside of what is considered to be normal, and they're just kind of swept under the rug. And what I discovered in my research is that these phenomena, things like psychic abilities, whether it's telepathy or precognition, or things around surviving bodily death, where the consciousness is functioning even though the body is not, and that's like a near-death experience, or mediumship, or children who have memories of a life that's not theirs, and that's research from the University of Virginia for the last 50 years. All of these ideas are not accepted by the mainstream, and I think it's part of the reason I was so compel felt compelled to write the book, is that I couldn't believe how much evidence there was for these world-changing ideas, and yet I never knew about it, and many people around me hadn't heard of these things. Yeah, not only that, but we've captured some of these world-changing ideas on video. I mean, there are many instances where demonstration, if we could, Mark, let's call it demonstration, demonstration of a phenomenon have been captured, shown, and then buried. But we're living in a world now where we have to literally shift gears in order to step out in the world and demonstrate what possibilities could look like. Because right now what we're facing at a global level is we're facing some scenarios that require something new and yet something that you've discovered is probably not so new but was honored thousands of years ago right what you have here was honored thousands of years ago by the way things were discovered designed and created you know to this day they can't even nobody can figure out how the pyramids were made for real right because science and logic and mathematics has been what tried to demonstrate and prove how to build those pyramids. What if the reality was none of that mattered? Let's take a short break. We come back. I want to hear what Mark has to say about that. Do you think the pyramids could be built based on pure logic, math, and science? We'll be right back. To see your life from an angel's perspective, book a personal consultation with Claire Candy Hoff, angelic walk-in angel Ariel at Angel Healing House. Candy provides intuitive counseling, Reiki, and angel readings in person in Los Angeles or nationally and internationally via phone or Skype. She will channel the practical tools you need to transform your life. Call now, 831-277-3716 or visit angelhealinghouse.com. Interested in deepening your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit www.esotericstudies.net. How often do you find yourself wondering, why me? Learn a new shift in perspective to see how everything that takes place in your life is actually working for you and shifting you towards your own enlightenment. Tune in to Blank Enlightenment Radio with Misty Thompson each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more, visit MistyMThompson.com. That's MistyMThompson.com. Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Fantastic has a special gift for everyone out there. To receive three chapters of the Knowledge Book as a special gift, send your email to mmjp99 at gmail.com. That's Emma's and Mary, Emma's and Mary, JP99 at gmail.com now to receive this fabulous, fabulous gift of the Knowledge Book. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit GlennaRice.com. 
Hey, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. I love, love, love what we're talking about. And end to Upside Down Thinking, Mark Gober is joining me here today. Uh, Mark, one more time, how can people get a copy of the book? How can they find out more about you? My website, which is my name, markgober.com, M-A-R-K-G-O-B-E-R.com. And the book, An End to Upside Down Thinking, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and many other bookstores. Um, look, if you go to Mark's site, you, you're going to be able to see all about the book. Um, I love this, what you say, and I want to get to this because you and I are really talking about how to live our everyday lives here, right? You know, there may be some people that are listening that have amazing goals and dreams and visions. This is for them as well. But we are talking about, as you say on your site, a new mindset uh, through looking at life's challenging questions and the new mindset, though, would really raise a question about mainstream science. Hmm. Everything about what we teach our children at a very young age that may go against what children intuitively know might be different. So when you talk about or ask the question, could mainstream science be so wrong? Underneath that question is a pivotal opportunity or possibility. So I want to start with this question. If mainstream science was so wrong, what doors of possibility open? Well, I think it opens the possibility for much more, <clears throat> excuse me, in our human potential than we've been taught. The fact that we, we possess these abilities of what some might call psychic abilities or telepathy or precognition. These are all things that the science to me suggests are innate in all of us. So it's not just an intellectual scientific exercise. These are things that we all have and we can learn to harness if we just knew about them. And it, what comes up over and over in the research is this notion of quieting the mind, whether it's through meditation or other states of consciousness that allow us to almost receive consciousness in, in other ways that we have that that is not in the in the kind of the mainstream way of thinking. And if we tap into that, there's a knowing that really goes beyond all logic and reason where we just know to do something. And I think it's something for me that has really shifted in my life, just the acknowledgement of these possibilities. It's shifted things in ways that I can't really explain. The minute that I opened up to these possibilities, they, they sort of unfolded. So for anyone listening, it, it, I think it's the exposure to this information that goes counter to what mainstream science says. I think the mere exposure can have a big impact on one's everyday life. Well, you know, let's talk about this. If we hold in our, in, in our consciousness and even in our mind, if we hold in our mind, Mark, for a minute, that mainstream science may not be the end-all, be-all to everything, what it does is it really opens up a whole new way of being that would also require us to be in a whole new way. That makes sense? It does, and I agree with you 100%. I, I think the near-death experience is a really good example of that, something that's described often in the near-death experience. And this is a, a near-death experience is an instance where a person is in some kind of extreme physiological trauma. So call it cardiac arrest or something like that. Their heart stops, there's no blood flowing to the brain, and yet people report extremely lucid memories hovering over their body. They see things in the room that are reported as being accurate. So it's a, it's a non-hallucinatory consciousness, apparently, that is existing. And what people often report is a life review where they experience their whole life in a flash and they're observing how they acted towards people. And sometimes they even take on the perspectives of those that they affected during their life. And they feel the pain that they inflicted on that person from that other person's eyes. And when they come back from the near-death experience after they're resuscitated, their priorities often shift. That, yeah. they, that they see we're all interconnected and they, they, they view life as being more about how we treat other people and less about the accumulation of material goods. Which, so that is a life-changing idea. If we are really connected as part of the same consciousness and what matters is how we treat each other at the fundamental level, I think that can shift someone's daily life. Not only does it shift one's daily life, but for those of us, and I would imagine for you as well, at some points in time, 
perhaps we haven't gotten to that place, Mark, where we've had a near-death experience, but certainly have had an experience which brought us to a state to see our lives and see our world. For me, it was a 10-day vision quest out in the desert with just water and then venturing out too far, getting lost and being out there way too long without anything to drink or eat. And for me, on my return back to civilization, let's say, I wasn't the same. I wasn't the same. And, and I found myself, and this, by the way, my first vision quest was 1997. I was in the middle of a doctoral program on track, just like you and I talk about, to be highly successful, to be paid a lot of money. And my life drastically changed. But I couldn't explain it to anyone. What can we say to folks listening today that are in this space where they are looking at a new way of being in the world and yet are faced with the reality of other people in their lives, just like you and I were. Uh, I finally got to the point where I just said, I don't really have an answer for you. But what do we say to folks? How do we help the people listening today to realize that they are not in the twilight zone or the outer limits? This is a new way of being that's perhaps being called for to be in the world of possibilities today. What mm -hmm. would you say? Well, I would start with the fact that there is real science to back this up, and it's not just a matter of belief. And that's why I felt comfortable enough to write the book. And we don't have the time to go through all of the science, but the fact that the U.S. government and the CIA have published documents and, and declassified documents that talk about the reality of psychic phenomena, the fact that Princeton University ran a lab for 27 years, run by the former dean of engineering on these topics. The fact that the University of Virginia and their med school, the Division of Perceptual Studies, has been validating this for the last 50 years. There's credible science to back this up. But I think beyond that, if, if we get into a situation like, like the ones we've described, where we're kind of pulled towards something that we can't fully explain, to go against that, to go against one's own passion is almost not even an option because it just doesn't feel right. And I think that's one of the biggest takeaways for me personally throughout my, my journey has been to follow where the passions are leading, even if I can't logically explain them. And I can say that now because I followed it enough times and things have worked out. But in the beginning, it's really difficult. So maybe my advice would be, you don't have to make a drastic shift on day one. Like for me, it was baby steps. I would hear a podcast and I would become interested and then maybe I would read a book. And that was like a big deal that I would buy a book on these topics and actually spend time reading it. And then it became well, maybe I'll even talk to a psychic myself. And I explored some of that and worked with energy healers. And that was a big deal. And then I decided to tell certain close friends about these topics for the first time. And then gradually it got to the point where I felt comfortable writing a book. It was not overnight. And I think that's totally okay. All of these things that you're mentioning, I love them because you know what it means to me. And, and this is what I wanna share with folks. Sometimes it seems like there are breadcrumbs. This is my analogy. I, I'm not saying that this is your analogy, but I'm saying maybe it's my, it's my analogy. Sometimes it may seem like there are these breadcrumbs that we follow. And then the breadcrumbs that we follow individually, each breadcrumb may not make logical sense to us, but we know we have to follow them anyway. You know, it's kind of like when a mom gets in a car and she decides not to drive the regular way that she would drive her child to school only to find out later that had she had gone down that road the massive car accident that happened she would have been in the middle of i mean we have these stories over and over and over again and i want to ask you when we come back from break mark what will it take for us as a society to make a step forward and the studies that you so beautifully cite in the book are we making more progress to step into this new realm of upside down thinking which is actually right side up being let's take a short break when we come back we're going to talk about our innate nature and what if we could hold on to that childlike sense of knowing 
that seems to happen at birth. Let's talk with Mark about that and much more when we come back. Are you looking for the perfect setting for your next workshop or retreat? At Spirit Fire Meditative Retreat Center, cultivating consciousness is what we do best. Our guests count on us to create an atmosphere that supports serenity and well-being. We lead from the heart and create space for the mind. Freshly prepared meals designed with local and organic ingredients, 95 acres of beautiful woods and pastures, and a facility built with green in mind. This is what you'll find at Spirit Fire. For more information, visit spiritfireretreatcenter.com. Love Living Radio Ignite Your Whole Being with Emily Perkins is a show for those looking to explore the sparkling magnificence of their inner selves. Tune in every second and fourth Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific as Emily sheds a radiant light of love on the beauty and power that resides within you. Discussing love in all its forms through conversations that provoke awareness, curiosity, and expansion, Emily shares the unlimited power of love. For more information or to listen to this show, visit lovelivingholistics.com. Are you ready to create a life you'll really love? Then you'll want to tune in to the hit show Life Design Radio from Adversity to Awesome with Susan DiLorenzo. Live each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. No matter where you are in your adversity story, Life Design Radio has got you covered. Get ready to feel inspired, enlightened, and motivated. For more information about working with Susan, visit SusanDiLorenzo.com. Living Lighter Radio with Jason and Patricia. We have an ecosystem approach to your life. Tune in weekly every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as we, Jason and Patricia, discuss what's truly holding you back. We offer you the tools you need to reach your goals and at the same time be living lighter. For more information about Living Lighter, visit www.livinglighter.org. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Are you ready to finally feel empowered and knowledgeable in your political stance? Let Marsha Padilla Goad educate you on exactly how important grassroots advocacy is in a relatable way to all perspectives. Tune in to Grassroots Advocacy Radio with Marsha every first Tuesday of the month at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Visit DynamicsInPublicAffairs.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Um, Mark Ober is joining me here today. And the re- I got to tell you, there's a reason I love this book. For those of you out there, there's, there's an absolute reason that I'm so thrilled that Mark had the courage to write this book. And it may be, it may be kind of like some of the people that read the book and commented. It may be like what they're saying maybe because it's revolutionary, it may be because it really challenges what we've learned in school. But the reason I love the book is twofold. One is, as you go through it, the way, Mark, you present the information is just brilliant. First of all, you present it with information, fact, and data, and then you give real life examples. The other thing that you do that I love is you write the book for people like me, ordinary people, that don't wanna have to look up every word that we get to in the book. So I love that. And then the last thing that that I think is most important is you've written this book for the countless people that have had an insight into their lives in some way at some point in time that was unexplainable. You know, you've written it for the people that maybe have been told most of their lives that they should have gone left, but they went right. And you've written the book for people that have yet to chart their course out. And the the reason I love that is for the people that are listening, if you haven't charted your course out, you might want to read this book so that you stop second guessing yourself. 
because it took me a massive chronic illness to stop second guessing myself. So Mark, I wanna thank you for that. Um, you know, as we come to a close, I wanna, I wanna say this, there's so much in the book. What are now, after you've written the book, done a bunch of interviews, what are your top three takeaways for you as the author of the book? Hmm. Well, thank you for your kind words and for having me on the show. I would say that the takeaways for me, number one, I, I wanna go back to this point of interconnectivity that I alluded to with the near-death experience and the life review where people are experiencing the events through others' eyes. This notion that we are interconnected, the more I think about it and research it, the more I realize that that might be the, the underlying solution to many of the world's problems, both on a personal level and on an interpersonal and international level which is to appreciate the interconnectivity that we don't see with our eyes. Our eyes show us separation, but science is now showing us interconnectivity and experiences are leading to that too. So that's, that's just a, a huge takeaway conceptually that I hope your listeners will just think about. Because for me, that was a really hard one to grasp. Like when I look at a chair, it looks like it's separate from me. And yet the science is suggesting that there's something connecting all of us. Um, so that's an important idea. Um, another idea is to think about meaning in life, and it's something that I, I'm asked about often and I think about. And if we just think from experience, we come into the body with nothing physical that we possess. And when we leave the body, there's nothing physical that we take with us. So what transfers? Either there's no transference of consciousness, which is what the mainstream scientists would say, or consciousness continues beyond the body, in which case what we take with us is the experiences and the memories and the ways in which we have evolved during this lifetime. So this notion that we are kind of evolving ourselves through the bodily experience, that was a very world-changing idea for me. It really rocked me when I came to appreciate that. So it's something for your listeners to think about because it does help us maybe reprioritize and perhaps follow passions, even though they might not go with what society has taught or what the education system has taught. So that's number two. And number three, I think I've been, I wrote the book hoping as the author that I would have an impact on not only scientists, but like you say, people that are either just charting their path or have had experiences and haven't had the validation. And it's been very rewarding for me to hear comments like yours, where it, it has been validating for people. And I think for the others who haven't been open to these ideas yet, I'm hearing that it is opening their minds and it will be great to see what happens over time for those people. Because I know starting on day one of this journey for me, it, like I said, it was not overnight that it shifted, but over time things gradually shifted. And I'm hoping that for those who are just starting their journey, this will be the very beginning and great things will begin to unfold for them. You know, you and I uh, stumble upon things I think in life or so many people think we do. I stumbled upon a book and I think it was 1995, you know, uh, I don't know how I got it, but somehow I got my hands on it. And the book uh, was very new. It was foreign to me. And the book actually is not read very much anymore from what I could tell. But it was Power Versus Force by David Hawkins. Uh, and, and I remember getting that book. And, and as I started to read the book, right? Here I am, 1995, before my vision quest. I'm in school thinking I'm going to go out. And I get this book, and the book has in it language like consciousness, right? And I'm thinking, what the heck does that even mean? You know, and, and then it has genius and the power of creativity. And I'm and then I'm and then it's got like the evolution of consciousness, and I'm thinking. Why would I get this book in my hands in 1995? See, because I think one of the things you pointed to, and I really want to ask you this last question is, how can we help our listeners when they happen to get a, a book or listen to a podcast, or maybe somebody makes a comment to them at the grocery store that seems benign and not even related? How do we help? people to pay special attention to those things which may not make sense. Hmm. 
well, I can give you examples from my own personal experience because that, that's exactly how my journey has gone. I heard a podcast. I felt compelled to listen to another one. I would read a book. Another book would be referenced. I would order it on Amazon. That was the process. And the way it worked for me in those instances is that it was very clear that I had an interest in that topic. And it's so clear that if I pick up a book that is of interest to me, I can read it and not put it down. Whereas if I'm reading a book that doesn't fully align, I struggle to read a few pages. So to me, it comes from a passion, a sense of real, genuine interest. And when that comes, whether it's a comment at the grocery store or a book that we get or a podcast when we're listening to somebody, it's that genuine interest for me that leads me down the path. Now, when I sense that level of interest, I immediately go to it without hesitation. Mm. You know, Mark, thank you so much. Please let folks know how they can get a copy of the book. And then I, I just like to know, what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Well, thank you again for having me on the show. My website is my name, markgober.com, M-A-R-K-G-O-B-E-R.com. And it has more information on my book, An End to Upside Down Thinking. What would I like to leave the listeners with today? There's something that I've noticed personally, and it's not something that I can prove scientifically, though I'm, I'm much more open to it now that I've looked at the science. It seems that once we acknowledge that our identity is tied to our consciousness, so that awareness that all of us have, everyone listening right now has this awareness that is not physical. So this isn't an intellectual exercise. This is our very own subjectivity that we all experience all the time. There's something about acknowledging that that sense of subjectivity, that awareness, that that is really the basis of reality rather than just being a product of our body. And once we acknowledge it, acknowledge that thing that's al always been there, the world seems to unfold in ways that I cannot explain. So it's like that, that witness of your experience that all of us have right now, when you like tap into it and say, wait a second, that thing's always been there. And maybe that is the basis of who I am, not my body, but my body is just like the lens or the vehicle. Something seems to happen with that acknowledgement. Thank you so much for that. Because what it does is it truly validates the innermost being of who we are as human beings. And that I think is really the lost art. We talk about lost art, but I think you said it really best in your book. There's that thing inside of each and every one of us, Mark, that somehow we decided we were not going to listen to. I hope we turn that upside down. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for today. Thank you. Everybody, uh, an end to upside down thinking. Mark Gober. We're going to take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back.